Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Checking the connection live. A couple of minutes late because I was just getting the lighting right. And I think you'll agree that that was time well spent. Because um, the lighting's pretty good. Right. I am on this thing. A uh, very exciting one today. I've got, uh, we have got the technology to split the screen. I don't know if you were here last week. But we split the screen. And if you've got a question, you can live talk to me. I'll be at the top. You'll be at the bottom. And you can live talk to me. A little bit potentially opening myself up there for trouble, troublemakers. But, you know, it's worth a go. Um, I've got some questions here. So if you have got any questions, you can just write them like you normally do. But if you did want to do a live talk to me, I'd be um, happy to do that. And I'll be happy to talk to you in a live way. Um, you know, I might regret that, but it's giving it a try. I've also got, I don't know what is going on here. I've got a letter here. I don't know if it's any relevance to you people. I've been given this by Nicola, um, the clinic manager, and she said I've got to open it on Instagram Live. Probably an award or something for me. I won't be at all surprised, um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming she knows what it is. It looks pretty official. Addressed to Sarah, so at the clinic. So um, Sarah is the videographer, so I don't know what she's doing there but anyway oh look at that chrissy 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 do you want to ask me that live do you want to come live chrissy no you don't have to can you tell us more about the tattoo excisions here chrissy look at that chrissy could be a setup because that is linked with my first question Woohoo! right um yeah my first question uh trying to wave at everyone as they join hello everyone is um from a patient who's actually asked about a tattoo excision and uh sent us a photo of a tattoo and the patient is from canada and doesn't mind traveling because wants someone who specializes in tattoo and is sort of very worried um and i've spoken about this before about people coming to to have surgery from far away and it is not something that I would normally recommend it. On this situation, I don't normally recommend it because this patient has not got a difficult tattoo to excise. It's quite a favourable one. It's a linear tattoo, which is a great, um, uh, a great one to, to excise. And you won't really find a surgeon who specialises in tattoo excision. And I think I probably, well, I don't know what's happened with the clinic. I've done a few tattoo excisions. We've got a couple on the website. Maybe we've got some videos. Um, so we do get quite a lot of inquiries for tattoo excisions. But we're not exactly experts in tattoo excision. Um, you know, I, I think it's fine. And I certainly wouldn't recommend you come from Canada to Birmingham to have your tattoo excised. 
you can, but I wouldn't particularly recommend it. Just in the same way that someone in Birmingham, if they were saying, I've got a tattoo and I've got this expert in Canada to have it excised, I'd be like, I wouldn't go to Canada to have it excised. I'd have it done in Birmingham. There's very good surgeons in Birmingham. There's very good surgeons in Canada. There's very good surgeons all over the world. So I think it's good to stay local uh, for your surgery unless you've got some rare, weird thing that some person somewhere has got some technique to 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 treat it but even then i'd be worried like why is everyone else not doing it you know you've got to worry when everyone says oh i've got i'm the only person in the world doing this procedure you're like well why if it's such a good procedure why is other people do it but certainly something like a tattoo excision any plastic surgeon can excise a tattoo and i wouldn't and i don't class myself or anyone at the clinic as an expert in tattoo excision it's not our specialty. We, as, as surgeons, you all have specialties, special interests. Um, uh, tattoo excision is not a is not one. It's not a field that you'll find anyone who specialises in it. So I think any plastic surgeon would be able to deal with uh, certainly this this tattoo. Uh, just broadly speaking um, about the question um, earlier about tell us more about that was from Chrissy I think saying what about tell us more about tattoo excision I think one of the things about tattoo excision I'm the first person first time someone came to me and said about tattoo excision I'm like yeah of course yeah I can do that no problem and then since I've spoken about it subsequently a lot of people oh, in the Caribbean yes there are Chrissy yes there are I'm sure there are have you you must have plastic surgeons in the Caribbean and they will do it here we go Chrissy's just totally um uh they will Chrissy because as I say, first thing they came, so, so they may not advertise that they do tattoo excision, but they do cut out bits of skin. That's what plastic surgeons do. So if you've got a mole, if you've got a birthmark, if you've got a burn scar, if you've got a problem area of skin, we cut that bit of skin out and stitch it up and work out the best way to do that. Um, and a tattoo is you, you treat it in just the same way. So uh, when you're the first, and I say this to everybody, the first line for tattoo, hi Sharon, the first line for tattoo excision is laser. You know, laser is the first way to go with tattoos uh, because laser often works really well. But if laser doesn't work well or if it's taking a long time and if it's making it faded and you still see a ghost of the tattoo, you know, those are the cases we normally see. People who tried laser, it's had a partial effect and it's not completely got rid of it or it's been very painful and it's taken a long time, whatever. So um, and the thing you've got to think of with a tattoo excision is just think of it, as I say, like a mole or like a birthmark or anything else. You know, if you had a birthmark affecting the whole of your shoulder, then it'd be quite hard to remove that birthmark. Similarly, when people show us photos of these big tattoos, they've got their whole shoulder and their sleeve and their you know, massive great tattoo. That's actually quite hard to remove. Whereas if you've got a nice sort of a linear tattoo, especially on an area of skin laxity like the tummy uh, or something like that, then you can remove that. Um, so it's really... Um, <laughs> it's really... Um, just then you've got to pinch it yourself that's why people on their hand and stuff people say oh well this tattoo on my hand is only really small but there's not much pinch on the skin of the hand and your hand's got to move so you know on your ankle and stuff it's it's got to move so um 
you've got to think of where the skin is and that's one of the reasons that you see a plastic surgeon to get an opinion on whether the, the, the it could be excised so chrissy you're going to make a consultation but if they aren't able to i'm coming straight to you chrissy if they aren't able to i probably won't be able to either but what you can do is you can the first i would say to you then yes to make a consultation with them but um send us a photo because i'll give you an opinion if you want you can we can anyone can do that if you want if anyone's got a tattoo or a a thing that they want to have removed. You can always just email us a photo, info at stianoplasticsurgery.co.uk. I'll have a look at it and I'll give you an opinion um, on whether it could be removed, what it would involve to be removed, to, to remove it and what have you. Um, but it's it's just basically cutting out skin in the same way that a birthmark or, or anything else would would involve. So there's nothing special about that. Um, it's just really knowing about the laxity and, and where you're going to have the scars. And counselling and talking to people that you will have a scar if you have tattoo excision. You will have a scar. Um, so that's something to be aware of. If lasers done works well, it can often not leave a scar. Sometimes it can leave a scar if it's overdone a bit and burns the skin. But, you know, so laser is the first line of treatment. But if laser doesn't work, excision can work. And as I say, any plastic surgeon should be able to help i would have thought i might be proved wrong but if you're not local to birmingham then you can see your local plastic surgeon if you're in canada or caribbean or if you're in wherever if you're in london or essex or scotland or wherever then just see your local plastic surgeon and i would have thought they should be able to help you with that so um next question is about photo all the photos are six weeks to six months does it turn does it turn white or stay red and hypertrophic so yeah i think that's a good fair point i mean the the it is always a struggle to be honest with you it's a struggle getting people to um, come back to clinic we never discharge anyone and uh, everybody has an open follow-up and even if they don't take the open follow-up we offer yearly consultations to everybody but i think one of the problems is that if you have a mole or a cyst or a little skin lesion you're not going to come back year and year to uh, to come and have a ch chat with us so often when you look at moles and skins and the more minor things the the best sort of photos we've got are like six weeks you're actually right six weeks you're lucky if you get people to come back in six months we have can show you photos of other things like breast reductions tummy tucks uh, a year two years three years out because those people do often come back uh for for, for follow-ups but it, it, it is you're right in saying that often photos on websites certainly on our website you'll probably find that they're often not past six well, six weeks is a is a common one um so that's why we haven't got the photos is because we struggle to get people to come back after six weeks <laughs> um but we welcome to we, we would welcome them to come back um but yeah in a general scars do tend to fade and they are quite red and obvious and i normally say you have to wait at least a year if you think about doing anything to a scar waste at least a year because it can take many many months for scars to fade and when they fade they usually fade pretty well certainly when you do breast augmentations and things often you know, when you have to go, if you go about 10 years down the line, they need another operation, you often struggle to see the scars. So scars do tend to fade. They do go, tend to go pale skin color. They tend not to stay red and hypertrophic. So the red and sort of raised and firm is in the early stages. I normally say it starts at around three months. It can take six, 12, even 18 months for it to really properly fade. So, um, yeah, they do usually tend to fade. You can never guarantee they're going to fade. So you have to be aware that whether you're having, if it's like a tattoo or whatever, you've got to balance whether a scar is going to be better than the tattoo. So if you're not that bothered by the tattoo or the mole or the cyst or whatever, you've got to balance whether a scar is going to be preferable. 
one of the problems often when people have moles and things, they have, oh, I don't like it because it's in the middle of my head, the tip of my nose, everyone looks at it and all that sort of stuff. You're like, yeah, but you can have a scar in the same place because if you have, you know, you have to put the scar in the same place where the thing is. So you have to balance that up. But they usually do tend to fade. And we can certainly show you photos of ones that have taken, you know, sometimes eight, 16 months for it to properly fade. Uh, but uh, depends on the area. Often the face fades better. The face, face can fade better, fortunately, because it's a more cosmetically sensitive area. Oh, God, what have I done? Um, so, yeah. Uh, Jade Thomas George, do you have a specific type of breast implant? Is there a best type to have? And what is meant by low and high, high, high profile? Jade Thomas George, do you want to come on live and ask me that question? Do you want to invite yourself? Um, is there a thing when you're live? Because you can if you want. But if not, I'll just answer it as it is. Because... <laughs> um, you know, we're going to do a split screen. Or maybe I shouldn't be encouraging the split screen thing, because maybe that would go badly if it actually happened. It did happen last week, and uh, I thought it went quite well, but the, patient, the person didn't have a question. But apart from that, it went well. Um, Jade, good question. Uh, do you use a specific... You'll find that a lot of... Well, I think a lot of plastic surgeons or a lot of, you know, doctors will have their preferred thing that they use. And, um, you know, I've got a, you know, I've got a makeup implant that I use. Um... It, all other things being equal, but I'm not tied to any makeup implant. You've got to be a little bit careful. I get a lot of people coming to the clinic saying, I want this implant because it's the best. And I'm always a little bit, bit wary if someone says it's the best implant. Because if it was the best, we'd all use it, wouldn't we? Why would, unless there's that one, like, they're all much the much as we price. Um, so there's no price differential. You know, if one was like the Rolls Royce, really expensive, then you could say, OK, well, this is a cheaper. I say they're all there are cheaper ones. But with the, in terms of the main companies like uh, Mentor, uh, Nagor, um, Polytech, Sebin, um, um, <laughs> what's the other? Nagor make another company called made in france can't remember what it's called now but anyway there's lots there's some big companies which i would say allegan but allegan have just been taken off the market in the uk so um within the big companies they all they all uh make an implant of around the same standard they all have a premium range some have a cheaper range like allegan used to have a cui implant but uh say allegan are gone now but um they're all around the same price and the difference is mainly in the warranty. There's difference in the texturing, the different the way the texturing is created. But as I say, if one was best, then we'd all just use that one. So, in terms of my preference, I use uh, I use polyurethane foam implants. Now, the beauty of polyurethane foam implants is that there's only one company that makes them, and that's Polytech. It's a German company, so you haven't got a choice. If you want polyurethane foam. It's quite easy, really. And they are more expensive. Polyurethane foam implants are more expensive than silicone implants. So there is a price thing there that they're more expensive. But uh, in terms of silicone implants, I tend to use Nagor. I like Nagor. I used to use Nagor when I was in the NHS. I know the range. I know the book. I know the, you know, I think they're, they're quite, I quite like the way they're, um, they are, uh, um, their sort of code numbers make sense to me. Uh, they've got a good warranty and I like them, but I'm not, I don't work for any company or any place that's got a deal with a certain implant. I think you've got to be careful if someone says to you, you've got to have these implants because they're the best. It might be, that's the only implant that they use. So they might be saying that because that's the, they got a deal with that company. Um, so if someone comes to me and says, look, I've heard that mentor are really good. I'd be like, yeah, mentor are really good. Um, if you want a mentor implant, that's fine. You can have a mentor implant. 
um, or whatever, you know, another make, as long as the hospital have got a deal, not a deal, have got a link with the, the company. Um, so there's some implants they can't get, but as long as they can get so, you know, the normal ones, Mentor, Polytech silicone ones are good. I used a Polytech silicone one the other day, um, and they're good. Sometimes if you want a low profile, oh, that was the other part of your question, what's meant by low and high profile? They don't all have low profile, so like Polytech have got a low profile, so that's why I used a Polytech the other day, because Nagor don't do low profile. So um, it's really, uh, I think, as long as you go for one of the premium companies, one of the well-known companies, um, I think you be a bit careful about someone saying one's the best and I just use the ones that I use because of familiarity to be quite honest with you I'm not going to tell you they're better because I think they're all good once you go with the best of uh, the sort of the premium well-known ranges um so that's helpful um and what is meant by low and high profile low and high profile I, if I might well I've got some implants over there but um shall I get my implants I'll get my implants um low and high profile is is I'm on the move. Um, how much they stick out? That's what's meant by them. Oh, look! look like, see what's happened with the lighting. The lighting is all gone. So some stick out more than others. Um, so uh, uh, and that—that's that, the profile. Right there, you go. These two, first two. So. Um, and that is really important, you know. And a lot of people don't think about the profile. A lot of people just think about the volume, 200 cc's, 300 cc's, you know, my friend's got 250s and I, you know, I want 250s because my friend looks really good. Um, yeah, I'm going to do this. So the profile is really, really important. The things that are really important are the width and the profile. So if we put that there. So if I demonstrate here, two implants, can you see? They're both round, right? Can you see one sticks out more than the other? You see this one sticks out more than this one. This one's flatter. So they're both round. When they're called round implants, they're not really round. They're like a dome. They're like a dome shape. They've got a flat back and they're like a dome. And this is more domed than this one. Right? So that's a lower profile than uh, a wave. That's, that's, this one's a lower profile than this one. I don't know what profile they are, but anyway... Um, so that's an extra high profile round. Um, I think that's it. That's a GFX. So anyway, that's a different company. But anyway, um, so basically that's that's the profile. Some stick out more than others. So the really important thing is the base width. Do it standing up. What's that angle like? Um, the base width of your chest. So the base width of your chest is set. It's a certain thing, and then. If you what do you got what you got to do or what we do is we look you look at different profiles of implants because um, some stick out more people say people say round implants give you a fake look it depends on the profile of the implant and it depends on the breast tissue that you got before you start so some always oh, my questions some stick out more than others so um, that's the problem with someone coming saying my friend's got 250 cc implants so can I have 250 cc implants because your friend could be really wide, could have a really wide chest. So a 250cc implant on your friend could be a low-profile implant because she's so wide that 250ccs is over a wider, wider area. So she might have a 250cc low-profile implant. Then you come and say you want 250ccs, but your chest is really narrow. So 250ccs in you would be a much higher-profile implant. You might have an extra high-profile implant. 
for 250 cc's and you will look totally different to what your friend looks like, although they're both 250 cc's. Yours will be sticking out loads, your friends will be really flat. That makes sense. So that's why the, the volume is not everything. People think, oh, I want 250, I want 300, I don't want to be that small. I don't, want to, I, I, I don't look at the volume at all. I look at the width and I look at the profile. Those are the really important things. And the tissue, breast tissue you've got, the size and shape of your breast that you've got before you start. So it's crucial to think about the dimensions of your chest, what sort of volume that your chest can accommodate. And once you've got the dimensions of your chest and a certain profile, then you've got a certain volume. That lends itself to a certain volume. So you, we do have sizes in the clinic, but the sizes are not you choosing what volume to have. The sizes are a guide, and we just got to hope it matches the volume of the implant, of the appropriate shape and width that fits your frame. hope that's, yeah, sorry. Yeah, good question, though. Good question. So struggle have all the time trying to convince people that the size is not everything. You know, everyone taught my friend's got 300s. I don't want to have 250s because she's got 300s. I'm always smaller than her. Well, you might not be smaller than her if she's wide and you're narrow. Because if she's wide, that 300 will be over a wider, yeah, wider sort of area. In a sense, yeah. So we got that, nailed that question. Right, um... Inverted nipple correction uh, after BBR, BBA. So after breast reduction or breast augmentation. Uh, you're welcome, Jade. You're welcome. I hope that, that's helpful. So, yeah, so you've got to, it's about based on your, your dimensions and you've got to get the profile that's right, that the right sort of look you're after, you know, because obviously a higher profile implant looks more rounded and fuller and will be bigger, obviously, in size. Uh, often people say, I want natural Natural is associated with less fullness, lower profile, therefore less uh, volume. So you've got to be happy. Sometimes you say, oh, I want to be that size, but I want to be natural. You're like, well, if you want to be natural, that size might be a bit fuller in the upper part of the breast, which might look more rounded, which might look less natural. So you've got to balance. You've got to choose. And if you've got to choose, God, I could, God, I could do the whole lot about this. If you've got to choose, you should always choose, in my view, shape if you've got to choose between shape and and uh volume always choose shape so like if you're saying yeah but i want to be 300 cc's and i'm like yeah but you'd have to have a big round one but you didn't want to be too rounded you wanted a more natural look so you wanted a teardrop implant or a moderate profile round implant in which case you can only have 250 cc's you'd be better off compromising on the size go for a slightly smaller size and uh the shape that you want rather than saying no no i want that size and then we give you that size and it's rounded and it's full and it looks a bit not natural unnatural some would say you know and you might not be happy if it doesn't look natural you're in my experience people are happier getting the look that they want even if the size isn't quite there if you want the size if you just push on the size you might be unhappy because if your shape's not right you're going to feel not comfortable that's my that's my nugget. Go for the shape. Go for the shape, not the size. Wish I could write on the screen. Not write on the screen. Shape, not size. Probably can. God knows what all those buttons at the bottom do. I daren't. What's that question mark? Anyway, I'm not going to do it. Um, maybe one day I'll dabble with those buttons at the bottom. Um, so 
we got a question there. Yeah, so inversing the progression after B. This is coming from sort of multiple questions that we get. And I think the staff of the clinic sometimes get a bit like, oh, what? Well, I'm confused. So invert the, the, the thing, the big difference between a breast reduction and a breast augmentation is a breast reduction is a much bigger operation. A breast reduction is similar to a breast lift because when you have a breast reduction, when you have large breasts and you're making them smaller, you have to reshape the whole breast. And particularly, you have to move the nipple. You have to move the nipple from a low place to a high place. Same thing when you're doing a breast lift. You're moving the nipple from a low place to a high place. So you're moving the nipple, so you're isolating the nipple and you're moving it. And then when you're messing about with the nipple, you worry about the blood supply to the nipple. You worry about the nerve supply to the nipple. So personally, it's a personal thing. I don't know what other people are like. But personally, I wouldn't mess with the nipple at the same time as doing a breast reduction or a breast lift because I'm already messing with the nipple by moving it. And I don't want to be guddling about doing an inverted nipple correction, cutting through it and affecting the blood supply even more by doing my inverted nipple correction at the same time that I'm moving it. So I wouldn't do an inverted nipple correction at the same time as a breast reduction or a breast uh, lift. Uh, I would do the inverted nipple correction later, particularly because the breast reduction or the breast lift sometimes makes the inverted uh, makes a nipple inverted, can make it pull in. So I also wouldn't particularly do inverted nipple correction first. So I fix your inverted nipple correction, then I do a um, I'm, I'm sure, then I do a um, breast lift or a breast reduction. Then I might make give you you know make the nipple inverted again. So I would tend to do the Breast reduction, breast lift first, then do the inverted nipple correction. Breast augmentation, different kettle of fish. De breast augmentation, you're not doing anything with the nipple. You're not messing with the nipple at all when you do a breast augmentation. You're just putting an implant in. So I'd be okay doing an inverted nipple correction at a breast augmentation when you're making the breast bigger. No problem at all because the nipple, you don't move the nipple when you do a breast augmentation. But personally, I'm a bit uncomfortable about doing an inverted nipple correction at the time of a reduction slash mastopexy. So that's that then. So can you fix a stretched belly button piercing scar? Yes. Yes. So this is a specific question we've had from a patient who has shown us this photo of this belly button piercing. And you can do that. Relatively simple to do. Um, so you have a little hole and you have to get rid of that hole. So uh, probably what I do is I de-roof de it. So take that bridge of skin off. And then you'd have two little marks, which you might, might need a little stitch. It would leave a scar. It would leave a mark. Uh, but it's a relatively simple thing to do under a local anesthetic to get rid of that piercing hole in the belly button. Um, on a wider note, people often come wanting piercing hole. In fact, my cousin has a piercing in her nose that she wants me to fix. But I can't fix it. You know, um, it's a bit more. I mean, the nose is a bad one, you know. I mean, you can do sort of elongated earring holes, but if you've just got a piercing hole, you know, people have them here. They have a hole um, and they don't want the piercing anymore and they're left with a hole. It's a really, actually, it's a very difficult problem to fix. You can cut it out. You can cut the hole out because what's happened over the time with the piercing being in there, it's become skin lined. So you have to cut it out and then make it stick together again. So you can do that. You can close up the hole by doing that. But it's actually quite hard to cut out a tiny little piercing hole. And you make a scar. It will make a mark. It will make a line. It might, you know, the scar might be less obvious than the hole, but it might not. It might be as obvious as the hole. Um, so it's tricky. So don't get yourself pierced uh, or at least think twice about getting yourself pierced because you can't really get rid of the. Well, you can get rid of the hole, but you would have a mark where the hole was. And, uh, you know, I told my cousin, 
I wouldn't, you know, I'd probably just accept it. Um, same with the ones down here, you know, you have these little, um, these little holes from where piercings were. And then, you know, you cut them out and give a little scar and you still got a mark. So it's tricky. It's tricky getting rid of piercing holes. But the belly button one is a relatively simple one. Um, although, again, it does leave a scar, it does leave a mark, but it's it's probably one of the better ones. So I'm going to open this, um, open up to questions, open the floor to questions. If anyone wants to join, anyone wants to join? No? All right, then. fair enough. I'm going to open this packet. I don't know what they're talking. They're doing it with me here, trying to make me open this packet on Instagram Live. So I'm going to open this packet now. Get those implants. Let's see what it is. Let's put that there. Put that on the stand. Right. So what is this? Two from Rip here. What are they playing at? What is that all the sim Okay. Fair enough. Okay, so I guess it's to me. It's not marked. I've got a bit of glare. Right, rip here. What the is that what the <laughs> right right okay congratulations on your hundredth live episode from all the team at SPS you can't say <laughs> oh look at that huh? hey I remember that oh we would be able to say my 100th Facebook Live episode, but it isn't Facebook Live because I've been banned from Facebook. And, oh, that is kind. That is kind. I think these... Oh, I've made a bit of a mess here. I think this um, this confetti was supposed to... Come, well, it did come out. I mean, oh, that's kind. Um, is this my 100th episode? I thought I'd done more than 100. Okay, well, look at that. It's my 100th live episode. It's not my 100th Facebook live episode because I'm still banned from Facebook. But that is... Oh, I will cherish that. Look at that. 100th, um, 100th episode, episode today. Oh, dear. I'm in a right old mess here. Oh, thank you, Sarah. That was kind. Uh, so, right. Well, that was, uh, that was my 100th Facebook... Well, live not even facebook instagram live it's not my third instagram live my second instagram live um so i am gonna um i've gone red i'm gonna check out of here on my 100th live episode and i will see you all next week i don't know what i'm doing next week i did youtube live a couple of weeks ago it was all right i thought instagram live was better there seems to be more going on in instagram live i don't know i don't know youtube live didn't seem to be that that busy um I'll be, I should be back on Facebook at some point. Uh, I keep on getting it. I've just got a, a notification for Facebook. They've taken off the thing that says when you reply to messages. I don't know if you've seen that thing. It says where you reply to messages. Because I keep on getting a notification saying reply to Sandra's message to maintain your excellent response rate. So then you click on it to reply to Sandra's message, but it won't let me reply. So 
I've lo I've lost my response rate on Facebook because you know they I'm, I can't respond, I can't like, I can't thumbs anything up. Um, but anyway, it was a twenty eight day band. It's got to be what is it now? It's got to be a couple of weeks in. So um, looking forward to get you back on Facebook, but it's been nice being on Instagram. We can do an Instagram Thursday, maybe a Facebook Tuesday and Instagram Thursday. Who knows? Um, I'm going to check out now because I've got, I've, I've got nothing else to say. Um, so if you've got any questions, if you questions from your story, post a question sticker to your story and share responses live. Oh, what? How could I have done this? What's this? Questions from your story. Post a, uh, anyway, I'm going to check out now and I'm going to say uh, good night, share, cancel. Good night, have a great evening, go live with he. See, I can go live with people, those are masks, what's that? And I will thank you, uh, Rebecca, there you go, good old Rebecca's there. I'm assuming that's Rebecca, based on your name there, Kazamoon. Um, and I'm going to check myself out, and I suggest you do likewise. And I think I'm going to lie down. I've been, I've been up to Stafford today doing some teaching. So, uh, God, it's tired coming back, I can tell you. Anyway, I had to make phone calls, you know, to stay awake. I to phone my mum. Anyway, I will see you same time, probably the same place. I don't know what's happening next Tuesday for my 101th episode of Liveness on a uh, social media platform. And uh, see you there. If you've got any questions, email me or text me or actually don't text me because you haven't got my number of you. Email me or Instagram me or Twitter me or whatever. You can Facebook me. I can't Facebook back. Anyway, I'm rambling now. Speak to you later. Night. Bye. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.